Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rising Stars. I'm your host, Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Jennifer McLean. Jennifer is a healer, speaker, wellness entrepreneur, business coach, and the founder of McLean Masterworks, a web-based organization that includes Healing with the Masters, Living Your Success Signature, and the Masterworks Healing Membership site. Her fifth and latest book is called Spontaneous Transformation, Seven Steps to Coping and Thriving in Extreme Times. It's a guide to her powerful healing technique, also called Spontaneous Transformation. Welcome, Jennifer. I'm so glad to welcome you to the show. Oh, it is awesome to be here, Miriam. I'm delighted to play with you today and your uh, and your audience. I love what you're up to. Thank you so much for all you do for all of us. Well, thank you. You know, you seem to combine the coaching skills and business acumen of someone who has been around the block a few times. I am really old. <laughs> <laughs> it's really in terms of experience. Yes, Tell us it a is, bit it about is. your background. Uh, you know, I have a, a very diverse background with a lot of right angles in my career and life. Um, you know, my uh, my childhood was very, very challenging. It uh, the, I came from uh, alcoholism. There's a lot of sexual abuse, and um, it was uh, quite extreme. And uh, I think that was the start of my journey of discovery, trying to figure out how to recover from that. And I started really young at that, and um, I went into uh, corporate America, uh, uh, te- teeming with uh, enthusiasm for what's there, and uh, and I did quite well there, um, and yet it was very very tough. It was very tough on me, and I found that whole world challenging. And so, um, at some one point in time, I had a, a a big challenge with my with my jaw TMJ, and um, I I was about to get surgery, and I found a healer. It was actually an orthodontist and his wife who was a healer. She did cranial sacral therapy. He did um, applied kinesiology, super woo-woo stuff back then. And um, I tried it and it worked and I was kind of cured and I was blown away. So I immediately, when something works for me, I investigate. So I immediately enrolled to become a cranial sacral therapist. And then I trained for years uh, as a cranial sacral therapist, a polarity therapist, and all the while working at corporate America and uh, I almost became a midwife. And then I had a chance to jump into the tech industry in 1995. The, the corporation I was working for uh, partnered with another corporation to converge and create the first Canadian portal called Canoe. And subsequently, we launched Yahoo Canada in 95. And then I was in tech and I discovered this whole new world of marketing Got this wonderful almost PhD in startups because I got to see, you know, that when the tech industry came, there was this crazy collapse of time for a company starting and getting to a billion dollars within sometimes 18 months, most of the time within two to three years. And I got to be there and play with that energy. And it was it was amazing. 
Um, then eventually in 2006, I was burnt out from all of that. We'd had been in a boom and a bust and a mini boom and a mini bust, and I was so done. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to, to turn to my healing roots again. And I was going to be a healer. I used the system of marketing I created in corporate America called Credibility Branding. And I decided to um, use that to start my business. And I made my first million about 18 months after I started and started healing with the masters, which has become uh, one of the largest teleseminates online for spirituality and healing. Uh, we reached almost a million people. And, uh, and now I, now I uh, teach entrepreneurs how to kind of do what I do, uh, but also with a whole bunch of healing. So yeah, I've finally been able to marry the healing with the uh, entrepreneurialism um, to really help entrepreneurs create a movement, not just a business in the world. That's fascinating. It feels to me like we're embarking on a time of integration. Ah, and so uh, integrating yep. the, 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 the business and the healing and really the spiritual aspects just seems so right for this time. Yeah, it is. You know, capitalism is one of the most soul-crushing things left in the old paradigm of our planet. And um, there's a new breed of entrepreneurs that are coming in. And you're absolutely right, Miriam, that's so um, well seen. <laughs> uh, there is, a, we are in a time of tremendous integration where we are turning around and examining motives. We're turning around and examining um, why. Why are we doing the things we're doing? What's motivating us? What, what is, uh, and, and there's a lot of people that are quote unquote waking up. There's a lot of people that are looking at their lives saying, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore. Um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are doing that very same thing. They want to, they don't want to just make a, a, make money. Listen, generating money is, is for me a spiritual pursuit because to me it's this powerful game of am I worthy, <laughs> you know? And so it's not just about, um, Money, to me, uh, money is just energy. It's just an exchange. And when we can look at it as this is our gift and we're giving it to the world in exchange for what happens to be socially agreed upon, the energy of currency back, that is a beautiful cycle. And when we can embrace it as such, it doesn't have to become greed. It gets to become giving, you know, receiving and giving and receiving and giving. It flows in, it flows out, and all are served. To me, that's what I call business from the heart. Um, and sometimes we have to go in and do our own healing around our perceptions of money, our perceptions of abundance, um, the things that, that have traumatized us in, in childhood. Those things, I think, are ready to be seen and honored and loved so that we can open up the space to be in a much better uh, relationship and congruency with wealth and with uh, creation and with innovation and with making a difference on the planet. I think you said the, the sort of magic words, am I worthy? Yes. And your book, Spontaneous Transformation, really addresses that at the most fundamental level. Because we all grow up with one wound or another, uh, usually multiple wounds. And your book, uh, tell us what gave you the concept for it. How did you come to do it? You know, the book, uh, the name of the book, Spontaneous Transformation, is based on my technique of healing called Spontaneous Trans Transformation Technique. And the idea is, um, 
Spontaneous transformation is what occurs when you take time to actually move within the body and let your body and these parts of you that got held and maybe seemingly stuck in moments of trauma and let the body guide you to those places, to those parts of us, to those personas of us and understand the why behind what happened. And not only that, but uncover and acknowledge and honor the beliefs that got held in those moments. You know, in the moment of a trauma, I'm a trauma specialist. This system is, is uh, very much focused on PTSD um, and, and it's for everyone because, uh, Miriam, you just said something interesting. All of us have extremes of trauma in one form or another. We are not on the easy planet. <laughs> we, we chose the hard planet. We chose, well, that's a belief. But And we can change that. But we chose a planet that nudges us to an expansion that can't be possible without the upsetting circumstances of our life. That's kind of the paradigm of this planet. I believe that one day it could change. But for now, that's kind of where we're at. Um, and in the moment of trauma is when we make a conclusion about what life is. A second grade teacher tells you that you, you, in front of the class that this was not good. Now, she might not have said it, but you took it that way. And in that moment, I'm not smart. And then we come up with all kinds of coping mechanisms on how to live and thrive through that. And then that's not one scale of trauma. And the other scale is what I experienced is sexual abuse. And I came up with all kinds of shame and guilt and crazy warped conclusions every time it happened. That was like, wow, okay, now that's not safe now. If I do that, will that make me safe? Okay, no, that's not safe now. So all of these things create these conclusions that then create a set of beliefs and those beliefs create a set of patterns and those patterns are now created in our life and mirror to us who we are. And so spontaneous transformation is an opportunity. It's a seven-step process which guides individuals to safely, very safely recognizes, recognize and go deeper into these unresolved challenges. And we get to witness this inner landscape of our unconscious beliefs, the inner landscapes of the, these conclusions we made and start having a conversation with these parts of us that allow a really profound, what I call a healing singularity to show up and unravel those moments so that we now are free of them and without making them change or having to get rid of anything. It's, it's what Einstein said, um, which is, I'm going to paraphrase, I never quite get this quote right. I'm not one of those people who remembers <laughs> quotes exactly. But uh, energy uh, cannot be created or destroyed, it just changes form. And that's what the spontaneous transformation kind of lives on, is honoring these parts of us so that they can then unravel in, in their own time and be honored and seen and acknowledged and simply transform through that process. Mm. There's something very accepting of the self in your book. I mean, even you invite people to look at whatever they feel the most shame or the most uh, pain about and say, that's an invitation to you. It's, it's nothing to dwell on, but an invitation to grow beyond that and to, to integrate. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, that's such a beautiful way to describe it. Thank you, Miriam. I'd never heard it described quite that way, but that's exactly right. <clears throat> you know, part of, uh, to kind of uh, circle around again on your first question, why did I create this? Well, I was a super reactor to life, like a super reactor. You know, the, I was the 12 times running poster child for reaction. And, um, you know, I reacted to everything and I didn't like it. 
And so I started looking at the healing techniques I had learned and started molding them for myself to say, okay, what can I do differently? And I realized, just as you're saying, that the moment of upset is now an opportunity for me. To me, it's actually the point of access. It's the point of access to allow ourselves to go within. Mm. Jennifer, what website can people go to to find out more about your services? Uh, SpontaneousTransformation.com. <laughs> we actually have um, something really special there where people can experience the healing technique uh, directly. Um, there's some videos and audios. My movie is there. Um, so it's a really cool little site. Do you ever sleep? <laughs> I do. Here's what's so cool about being a conscious entrepreneur that, that runs a, a, heart, a business from the heart uh, business. I have the most amazing team. Um, what happens when we start to um, have space in our field uh, for as we unravel these old things, these old beliefs and systems, is that we get to create a life that is different. And I'm, I might appear to be ridiculous busy. I'm definitely a busy person. There's no doubt about it. And yet, I have space. I have fun. I have space. I go for walks. I, um, you know, I, I read my book every day. I do a little vacation hour for myself every day. Vacation time is reading books. Mm-hmm. So um, I do those things, and I do have uh, an amazing team that I believe I've attracted. Um, and it took me a while to get them, but not that long. And they are just the most incredible support. And uh, they get filled up, I get filled up, and then we get to fill up the planet. It's really fun. Well, it's delightful to hear the the vibrancy and enthusiasm in your voice. Uh, so clearly, you have found the secret of doing what you love and loving what you do. And um, you really make a, a point of imparting it to others. So let's get back to this notion of spontaneous transformation. Um, you you speak of it as a technique. How is this technique different from other healing modalities? Um, you know, there's um, first of all, it's quick. It does create a quickening, and um, it uh, it is something that um, is it's more in the in a line with what I would call self-healing because um, while I guide lots of people through it, there is a definite uh, signature to the, what I call the healing singularity, the still point. Um, Everyone can do it. And really they're doing it for themselves. Even when I'm guiding a session, they are doing it all themselves. And there's something about that that makes it different. There's something about that that creates a what I call it sticks better <laughs> because, because the mind gets to come along too. A lot of my work in spontaneous transformation, I, I have a very cognitive conversation with our minds. Um, oftentimes the minds are a big piece of the problem, but they aren't the problem. Um, it's just our perception of what our minds are, what our heart is, where guidance comes from that gets confused through trauma. And so um, this process is, is, is singularly unique in that it takes the mind on a journey that allows the mind to relax and let the heart take over. And it's something that deals with trauma without revisiting trauma. Uh, we, the, the technique definitely allows you to have a much more detached relationship with what happened to you. And uh, there's, there's this beautiful honoring that creates the energy. But everyone does it for themselves. And I think that's part of what's different about it. And it's also fast. You know, within 5, 10, 15 minutes, it, that's the length of a session. And it can be 
over in a blink and you're changed, you're transformed. Whatever was bothering you a moment ago is done. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's kind of unique from, from a lot of what's out there. I'm, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, being married to a hypnotherapist, I uh, resonated a lot with the techniques um, yeah. that really share, share the visualization, the guided visualization of hypnosis. But you marry it to something very deep and somatic. And it's really interesting you mentioned in the the first part how we do hold our traumas in our physical body. So this is kind of bridging from the the uh, the physical body out into the spiritual body, um, and it, it's really impressive that it's so quick. Uh, I, I see that you have separate chapters on using it for sexual abuse, using it for recovering from illness. How is this one technique applicable to all of these conditions? Yeah, it, it has to do with the fact, first of all, that that's such a great um, analogy. of It is very somatic system, and it's uh, the somato-emotional release technique is something that I was very much drawn to in the early stages of my cranial work. And um, it, this is kind of uh, a version. It, it takes um, it takes from many different systems, and there's about three pieces of it that are distinctly mind modality, but it also borrows a little bit from other ones. It's interesting you talk about hypnosis too. I am not familiar with hypnosis at all. I tried it once when I was 20, and they couldn't hypnotize me at all, so I just didn't even bother with it. So I know nothing about it, and that, that's kind of cool that there is some overlap there too. Um, there's nothing new on the planet. We just all get to um, find our own version of it. <laughs> um, but I think the reason why it can work on so many different things is because it gets to the core really, really fast. And the body is where that core energy, the core beliefs are held. It's held in the body. So in the moment of trauma, I, I see it sometimes as these little walnuts. This is the visual I've been given. That that the trauma occurs, the kind of warped conclusion of I'm not safe, it's not good enough, whatever it is, gets gets held in a body part. And as it's held, it realizes that if it still is an active thought and, and, and kind of runs the consciousness, that we wouldn't survive. So there's this natural energetic process of almost putting a walnut shell around it. And then in the core of that is actually the core issue, the core belief. And underneath it is actually the what's true about you, what got hidden around that core belief and then, and then protected from you by that acorn. So everything that happens in life, illness, I believe, comes from emotional upset in trauma. Uh, dis-ease comes from it. Emotional upset obviously comes from it. Mental and thoughts that can't be stopped. Reactions that seem like triggers. Most of it comes from a core belief. And so no matter what's going on in your life, whether it's upset with money or relationship or health, the spontaneous transformation can address it because it goes right to the heart of the matter, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I was put in mind of actually the pearl because you use the pearl uh, in one of your uh, visualizations. But a pearl really is an attempt by the oyster to mm. cover over a nasty little piece of irritating uh, grit. That's right. That's perfect analogy. 
Wow, I'm getting more out of my book from you than I than when I wrote it. Thank you, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I often use that analogy for life uh, because life, I believe, shows up for us. I believe everything in our life is here because not, you know, that old saying, God doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. I think it's way more than that. I think God gives us or life gives us or the universe, which is us, gives us exactly what we are ready for. And the the moments of friction and challenge, um, they're the ones that creates the pearl. The compression creates the diamond. The friction creates the pearl. The the challenges of life are the greatest opportunities for us to expand through. Um, I don't believe that anything is happening to me. I think it's all happening for me. And for those who are listening right now, saying, "Yeah, but that's your life. You're you know you have a multi million dollar business. You're successful. You're happy." It's like, well, you know, life doesn't stop showing up for me. My my, my my beautiful sister, my only sibling, my best friend, passed away in 2013, and it got to test all of this. And um, what I learned, what I learned up until that point, um, put me in a good, good place to honor my sister's soul decisions, to honor what she decided to do with her life and death, and to honor how it cracked me open in ways that would have nothing else in my life would have cracked me open. Um, so I really firmly believe that all of life is here in absolute support, even and especially when it doesn't feel like it. You mentioned that maybe there was an alternative universe where people don't suffer. But, but since we live in this one, um, do you think that there is a quickening or an intensification of suffering today or possibly just a recognition of the alternatives to suffering and that we do have a choice. Yeah, I mean, based on that theory, um, everything that is showing up is here for me. I believe that's also true for humanity. And I believe that there might be a quickening. Yes. Is there a quickening happening? No doubt. No doubt about it. You can't look around and not know it and not feel it. Everyone feels it. There is something happening here. And I believe it's happening for us. Now, it's really hard for us to completely understand that. So this takes a little faith and trust. And it may not be true, but it makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but nonetheless, what makes you feel better? Honestly, that's really truly it. What makes you feel better? Do that. Really, that this is, uh, um, this is the, the nuts and bolts of Abraham's work. Just what makes you feel good? Do that. Now, is there a quickening happening? I think so. And I think that all of it is part and parcel of, of an of a urgent request to wake up, that we are ready to wake up. And wake up doesn't mean ascension or anything like that. I don't, I, I don't think so. I, I think waking up is simply an act of bringing consciousness to who you are, noticing and becoming aware of your patterns, your beliefs, honoring those parts of you that had a really good reason for those patterns and beliefs, and then allowing yourself to unravel it, to be loved into un- an unraveling, and then having space to, to notice more, to see every single day I learn something new about myself, every day. Without exception, I learned something new about myself. I learned something new by how I react to what happened in the world, to what's happening in, in Syria and Iraq, to what's happening with some of the earthquakes that have recently happening. My reaction is the 
is another moment of healing. And oftentimes I now use that to stand in the gap for all of humanity and take it on and say, I am willing to stand in the gap for all of humanity to maybe make this small drip of change. And each drip every day becomes an ocean that can, that can maybe waken all of us. Nicely put. I was going to leap in and point out that part of waking up really is acknowledging the impact of our choices on the greater whole. Indeed. Yeah, you know, I have, I, I, in my first book, The Big Book of You, I have a story about um, uh, watching a cyclist and um, witnessing um, them fall over as I was driving by. And it, would, it was such a violent moment. I, I pulled over and, and looked at violence. And what I was shown is, is the violence in me creates the violence in the world. And I was shown it as the strings with these dots on it. Every, mo- every violent thought I had ha- was a string with a dot on it that went into the place where violence is attracted and showed up as a pixelated image. Wow. So, Jennifer, we were speaking about the, uh, the, the power the- of forgiveness. And one of the things that I resonated really strongly with was your use of Ho'oponopono. Yes. Why uh, or what drew you to that as part of your system? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, when we are on a path to change and transform and um, we have a new intention that we set for ourselves, uh, the things that will support us on that journey will show up. Ho'oponopono landed in my lap. I wasn't looking for it. It landed in my lap. And it was a, a, a beautiful, it, it reminded me a little bit of my system. Um, and so I embraced it and I love it and I recommend it. It's a very simple prayer. And um, I actually changed it a little bit and overlaid a little bit of spontaneous transformation, that cognitive conversation with it. Because sometimes when the mind's on board, I think it can release and, and allow more healing to occur. So I start Ho'oponopono with I'm sorry. And then please forgive me, then I love you and thank you. And that's essentially the prayer. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, from my perspective, though, with the spontaneous transformation pieces, we're actually, how I start Ho'oponopono, again, is a place of access. Someone upset me. <laughs> they are not, I am not happy with them. And my ha- finger is pointing at them, and I get to look at the three point fingers pointing back at me and remind myself there's something here for me. So the, um, the next thing I do is I look at them and what they did to me, and I say, have I ever done anything like that in my life? It's kind of what we were talking about before the break. You know, my, my, my uh, uh, violent thoughts actually went to the place on the planet where violent was, and the, it congregates there. And so uh, the same thing is true. Um, there's something within us that we've done that we uh, haven't forgiven ourselves for. And someone shows up and does it to us to remind us that there's a part of us that we're ready to forgive. Now, there are some people that did things that are unforgivable, and I get that. And yet, there are parts even of that story that is within us that we may have done just through thought. I mean, if you've ever had a violent thought about someone, that's not, you know, it's obviously different than doing it, but it is very powerful. But you really forgive them for you, not for them. That's right. So the first I'm sorry is you think about what they did. You then look at yourself and say, have I ever done that through thought, word, or deed? And 99.9% of the time, it's like, yeah, I've done something like that through thought, word, or deed. 
And then that's where you start Ho'oponopono, which is, I'm so sorry for what happened to you. Say that to yourself with tremendous empathy. I'm so sorry for the what happened to you that created coping mechanisms that were similar to what ha- this person did to you. I'm so sorry for what happened to you. And from there, it's, it's, you then go into, please forgive me, to those who I've hurt through thought, word, or deed by expressing this coping mechanism in a way that hurt others. Please forgive me. And then it goes back and forth. I go, I'm sorry for what happened. Please forgive me. I'm sorry for what happened. Please forgive me. I often include, please forgive me for forgetting that I am innocent. Mm-hmm. For, for, forgive me forgetting that I am love. And then back and forth, back and forth. And that usually leads to the next part of the prayer, which is I love you. At that point, we can then love ourselves. And sometimes we can even love the person. Not always. By the time you get to thank you, you can thank them for showing up to provide this moment of healing for you. That's the gratitude. You can thank yourself for being who you are to be willing to take a moment out of your life and change your mind, change your being, change your thought, and forgive yourself and heal which in turn changes the planet, as you mentioned earlier, Miriam. So it's a very, very powerful prayer. I use it every single solitary day. It is part of my daily practice. I do it every morning before I wake up. I do it every, excuse me, as I'm waking up, and every night before I go to bed. I do about 10 to 15 minutes of, of, uh, of Ho'oponopono just to, fin- to start and finish my day. I like that your interpretation takes it out of the realm of sainthood and into a very human context. <laughs> yes, it does. I am so far from a, a, a saint. <laughs> oh, I, that, that's, that's laughable. But yes, yes. Um, you know, everyone here, without exception, Oprah, even John of God, all of us are here on a journey of the opening of the soul. All of us are on this planet to expand our soul. And in the process, bring along some friends and family maybe. And not by changing them, by the way, but by changing ourselves and then being able to see them as they are. Uh, a, a powerful healer that I know, Mary A. Hall, has this wonderful process where she grants everyone the dignity of their experience. Mm. And we can dra- grant ourselves the dignity of our experience. We can grant others. So even if it looks like they're doing it wrong, we have no idea what's really going on for them. So allowing them the dignity of their experience, even the leaders that look like they're misbehaving. I mean, it creates a whole different paradigm. One of the things that your uh, book does is it lifts people into a very positive space. And I, you mentioned Mary Hall, and you mentioned her in your book that she came up with this formulation, what it would, what would it be like if such and such were the case? It's, it's an invitation to imagine a wonderful outcome for yourself and just to go into it. Expand yeah. on that because that is so power. It, it's, it's very much what all of the new age gurus are saying in terms of the law of attraction. Yes. That you really must do it from a positive affirmation space rather than what you don't want. Yeah. And, you know, what we want, yeah, Mary's, uh, is the uh, most amazing abundance coach. And she showed me this, wouldn't it be nice if, and it, it's this, it's this powerful, Play. It's a place of play that allows you to suspend belief about what's the evidence of your life is showing you that it's not good. It does. It sucks. <laughs> right. So it allows you to actually um, move into a new energy. 
And what's interesting is that what we want, what we want is actually giving, uh, when we explore it, gives us the actual emotions that is required to get what we want. Okay, so, so I want a BMW. Well, what would that feel like to have a BMW? Feel that, feel that. Now describe it. Describe it in words what it would feel like. Now describe that in words with you. That This is the end part of the spontaneous transformation technique too. Describe that in words. When you describe it and describe it and describe it to, the, to this fine-tuned hum of surging energy through your being, that's actually the energy that is required. It is actually love. Um, and yet you won't love does the word love doesn't uh, apply in, in many ways because the mind has its own association with it. So get yourself to the feeling and would it be nice is a great way to play with it. Would it be nice if, if, if over the next three weeks I had space, it'd be nice if in a year from now I was in this space of blah, blah, and then feel it. What would that be like? And what would that be like? And that's the energy that creates it now. Mm-hmm. That's actually the energy that creates it now. And that's what they were all talking about with the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The law of attraction got a bit of a bad press because it seemed to be associated with, yes, I want a BMW in my g- garage. Yeah. But it really is for getting into a space of being the best you you can be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, it, the the visualization that comes with the law of attraction is 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 the most powerful tool that you can use in your arsenal of being a good person <laughs> for yourself and for everyone. Um, so, and it isn't just about getting what you want; it's about using it as a tool to understand who you are, to understand what you want and why you want it, because the feelings of of who you will be when you get it will show you who you are in this moment. And it also allows you to make changes. So the law of attraction is a powerful, powerful resource and um, an important piece of the puzzle. And um, wouldn't it be nice is a great way to play with it. Mm. There is so much suffering in the world. Some of it is uh, internally generated, um, probably a lot of it. Some of it coming from uh, the outside, in the people that you have worked with, and I understand that there are hundreds of thousands around the world, what's one of the most significant things that you've learned? About suffering? About how to overcome suffering. Right. Um, well, you know, I have a very simple um, definition of suffering. Uh, to me, suffering is the action of thinking that something is wrong. Uh, and that's why we suffer. Uh, we are meaning machines and we attach meanings to things. Um, we live in this interesting world of, of density and the opportunity is to lighten up. <laughs> and um, when we uh, make something matter, we actually create density. We're actually creating matter. So I think the opportunity is to change the angle of perception, which is what spontaneous transformation helps to do, to really look at what life is. It's, and again, it gets back to life is happening for us, not to us. Um, and as I said, even these tragic circumstances, you look around at the people who have created the, this hu- these huge differences, many nonprofit foundations, many new legislation comes out of tragedy and it creates change in our world. And um, the op- 
from from my perspective, how I moved out of suffering was to love it, to see that perhaps suffering is a choice. Now, I can hear some of your listeners saying, well, what about the refugees? What about the Holocaust? You know, I, I get those kind of questions. And it's like, I am not saying that that wasn't awful and horrible and I wish it never happened. I wish my sister had never passed away. I'm not saying these things aren't tragic. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that there's an opportunity to leverage them, to use them as a point of access to make change within ourselves and on the planet. Um, and suffering then becomes something different. It becomes motivation. Um, I, I was recently in a class where um, there's this brilliant uh, professor uh, who teaches at MBA at uh, UCI here in California. And he was sharing uh, his analysis of a Martin Luther King uh, talk, I Have a Dream. And it actually went through what he called from the sacred to the evil. And, um, you know, the evil is actually, uh, uh, you know, not true evil, but it could be. But what he was saying is that evil is actually a motivator. And it motivated uh, Martin Luther King. And those, are, those people who are, um, are, get a fire under them to make change, they are motivated by the quote-unquote suffering of the world. Um, and suffering is a powerful motivator of change. And, and again, um, what if, just what if, just play with this notion right now, what if there's nothing going wrong? What if all of life is here for me? Just play with that. What if that's true? And what if all the craziness in the world is really behind all this feeling that we need to change it? That's right. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners that Jennifer's book is called Spontaneous Transformation, and her website is also SpontaneousTransformation.com. You have another website, don't you? Yes, uh, SuccessSignature.com. <laughs> and you have another website. Uh, McLeanMasterworks.com? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> wow. McLeanMasterworks.com is our main brochure one, and SuccessSignature.com and SpontaneousTransformation.com are our two uh, areas where you can get a bunch of free stuff. And when you go to McLean Masterworks, it'll take you to those sites too. <laughs> How about HealingWithTheMasters.com? There's another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually... A, a wonderful uh, service that you offer. Tell people about what healingwiththemasters.com if if they've been living under a rock and haven't heard about it. <laughs> yeah, I've had the privilege of uh, interviewing, uh, we're in our 17th season, uh, the leaders in spirituality and um, healing. And it started in 2008 and uh, every Tuesday and Thursday for many years we've been playing with healing and transforming lives. We've reached almost a million peeps by now, and, uh, and we're still going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and it's a free event, uh, 100% free, and, uh, and then we also offer uh, an opportunity to go deeper with our speakers by offering special selected products packaged together at a discount for our audience to play deeper with our speakers um, as special offers. It's a, it's a unique model that I, I kind of invented, and... Um, some of it I invented, and uh, and I've had a really really cool time. We've interviewed every you know Ariana Huffington, Vanessa Williams, um, Kenny Loggins, um, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, Wayne Dyer, uh, Doreen Virtue, uh, Marianne Williamson, uh, and you could go on all day. <laughs> I could go on all day. Yeah, you probably interviewed all those peeps too. <laughs> 
So um, you have this business coaching mm-hmm. practice as well. <clears throat> I'm wondering um, what drives someone from the business world to want to connect with you? Is there some kind of an internal mechanism going on there? Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah, um, they're in business and it's not either um, not as successful as they would hoped. They're in business and um, they're overwhelmed and, and stressed out. Um, they're in business uh, and it's, um, it's changed the business has changed and it's just not what it used to be. And they're wondering what the heck to do next. Um, you know, as I said, when I got that PhD kind of, I didn't actually get a PhD. That's what I call it. But I got this amazing um, uh, vision into startups. And I got to see what happens, the, the signs of a commoditized market and what changes to make in a business to change it. And I think the other thing that, um, that happens is that um, – you know, we can lose track um, in the process of creating a business. We can lose track rather quickly of whether we still like it or enjoy it. <laughs> it kind of becomes a have to, right? And uh-huh. and I really help um, businesses uh, go much deeper into what I call their success signature, into this unique human potential and rediscover the play of life and business. And that is actually the secret sauce, the formula um, to generating tremendous income while making a difference and having fun while you're doing it. Now, business isn't always all fun and either is life. You know, it's all the same. Life shows up for us, nudging us into an expansion that can't be possible without the upsetting circumstances sometimes that show up. And yet, in this program and in my healing program, I show people how to cope and thrive in extreme times. I Like the book title says, I, I show them these strategies to use. And, and in business, I also give them proven, you know, my credibility branding system of marketing and business is part of the system along with the healing. So it does both. And it creates, again, it creates another quickening. It's a quickening in business that allows entrepreneurs to actually bring themselves and their heart back into their business. So many people are really feeling a, uh, a, a drought in their lives, a drought of meaning, and um, they they are searching for ways to either take themselves out of their uh, current situation or to transform their their business into something that I guess gives back is the term I would use. Yeah, are yeah. you finding that as well? Absolutely, um, and it's part of what we talked about earlier. Though there's a there's something happening on the planet. We are being asked to wake up in business you know, has been the most soul-crushing uh, piece of the puzzle for decades, hundreds of years, thousands of years. And uh, we are reframing it now. And part of that reframing comes from us not being happy with where we're at. That's where the most action takes place. Mm. Not being happy where we're at, but also feeling an expanded sense of connection with with the world and the sense of responsibility. I think that's what's happening with this ferment in American politics at the moment. Uh, no question. Well, um, we are being asked, we are being very, very um, specifically two by four like asked to look, to stop, um, to stop the head in the sand, to stop the suppression and repression, to stop the feelings of suffering 
to stop all of it and redefine what it is. You know, it's so interesting, Miriam. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are solutions to every problem on this planet. Every problem within ourselves and in with the world comes with a, a set of resources and solutions. So I believe that there will be, when we finally wake up, and it's happening, it is happening, um, when we wake up as, a, as, a, as humanity and, say, and, and stop and say, I actually have the power to change this, which everyone does without exception, when we do that, all of a sudden there's going to be inventions for the plastic in the ocean. There's going to be inventions for pollution. There's going to be inventions for uh, changing the temperature. These invent, like we invented the most amazing things right now. That same mindset in this new capacity, what I call creating a movement instead of just a business, will create a series of businesses that will change all of it. I am absolutely certain of this. <laughs> there are already inventions for many of these things. I saw a wonderful invention that actually takes plastic waste and converts it to usable fuel. Right. And I saw a 17-year-old science project that cleans the ocean. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like – and I think a lot the millennials will be a big piece of this because they're in. They're in on, on making a difference and they don't believe the – the uh, hyperbole. They don't believe the hyperbole. <laughs> they are like, they have their own minds on this. And I believe that is what's needed to make a change. You know, right now we are in a time with the millennials that was very similar uh, vibrationally and um, uh, astrologically to what happened in the summer of love, 1969. And it, and it has a different turn though. It's not a, the, the, the turn is in it's a different chakra. Um, it's a chakra more, less about sex and more about <laughs> rock and roll and rock and roll and more about who am I? More about taking personal responsibility and, and it has a, a little bit, the, the sixties back then had a definite spiritual bent, but it was more focused on having a substance get you there versus the substance of our soul getting us there, which I think is what the energy is, is now on the planet. But that really opened the path to exploring that and Absolutely. to connecting with that. Absolutely. And, the, and the, the former hippies out there, they're part of this awakening. Yeah. And um, there's no doubt about it that that, was, that led the way to what's possible now. I, I, have, I have so much hope for the planet. Now, um, is it going to be a little uncomfortable for the next couple of years? I suspect so. But most of us who are on this path and are really following it and the path, what the path I mean is one of personal healing. I don't even like to call it a spiritual path anymore because to me that creates separation. It's just simply a path of owning who we are, seeing who we are, healing up and honoring and loving the parts of us so that we can honor and love the parts of everyone else. And when we do that, the circumstances of the world and the, the need for it to change will not impact us directly as much, I don't believe. Now, who knows? Uh, but life is going to continue to show up. I don't think it's going to get easier in the next couple of years. But I think that that challenge is going to challenge all of us to really wake up. And, and I think it's an opportunity that I am excited to play within. Um, and, and I'm not scared. I'm simply in enthusiasm and excitement. And the worst thing that can happen is I'll leave the planet and that's a new rebirth. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so in our final two minutes, um, how do people best use your book? 
spontaneous transformation? Well, it's interesting. That's a great question because the book itself is actually um, energized. I spent a long times, many hours praying and uh, pushing healing energy to the book. So as soon as they get it, um, as soon as they touch it, the healing starts. Um, And it's also for those people in your life who aren't necessarily as attracted to this kind of work, there's actually something about the energy of this work that I'm finding, people are telling me this, that it's actually allowing a, a measure of safety to play with it. And they're kind of sneaking the book behind them. So um, it also teaches you how to do this technique. And as you read it, do the technique along with what you're reading. Do it for yourself. Um, that's what I call the A-game with spontaneous transformation. I do a lot of group work. And when I work with one person, if everyone else does their own process as you're reading the book, it makes a huge difference for everyone. Um, and, oh gosh, I'm getting it in this moment. This might sound weird. But as you do that, you're going to help everyone who's reading the book. And we've got tens of thousands of books out there right now. Well, that's uh, really wonderful advice. And having read the book, I can only warmly, warmly second uh, Jen's recommendation. It's it's a wonderful book, uh, very accessible, very useful, and it's a book for these times. So... Jen, I want to thank you so much for being with us today, for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, thank you so much. It was, <laughs> it was a delight. You're really, really good at this. I very much enjoyed this. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you. Oh, we've been speaking with Jennifer McLean about spontaneous transformation. I'm Miriam Knight. Do visit my website, ncreview.com, for New Consciousness Review, and I hope you'll join us next week for another wonderful guest. Until then, many blessings. Goodbye.